Welcome to Enneagram Plus Yoga, a podcast for the body, heart, and mind. We're talking about the power of embodiment today. We're going to look at types one, two, three, and four, and how each of them can be more embodied. We're looking at this with Emily Wingfield. She is a certified Enneagram teacher. She also is certified as a coach. You can look her up on Instagram at Enneagram with Emily. I really hope that you'll enjoy this episode. Let's dive in. I love that. I love it. You know, for once I'm type one and for one, I think, you know, we're the beauty of our diet. My absolute favorite is that we are already connected to the body that we, you know, we feel instinctually, we're aware of what's happening in the body oftentimes without having to kind of really try to connect or feeling disconnected. I think for one, the way to uh, get more into a body is just embracing imperfection. I mean, as cliche as it may sound and being a little more spontaneous about how you use your body, because as a one, I think um, I personally just kind of get stuck. Okay, this is this is what we're doing and this is what we're going to continue to be doing. And just you know, open, open out the box a little bit and and do something that that feels maybe a little different or a little imperfect and not just routine and yet still connect us to the body. So if you're into yoga, maybe you pick up hiking. And if you're into swimming, maybe you try Tai Chi. I don't know, but just moving the body in not just spontaneous way, but in in perfect ways. You don't have to be great into everything that you're doing with your body. So that would be for one. And my thought for Nate would be, you know, a couple of thoughts. I strongly believe you need an antidote to how you operate, which for Nate would be softening. So whatever the physical body uh, is, is, is longing for in terms of softening, that should be something that's a routine for an eight, but also something that would be very physically intense because they have to get the energy out. I've never met anybody more energetic than an eight, uh, you know, not just physically, but also mentally. I mean, they are going so allowing themselves to kind of get the excess out and you can get it out without something that is really stimulating and very intense. So whatever it may be, if, if you know, if you're a hiker, well, then try running a little bit. If you like hit workout, maybe you try boxing or kickboxing, but just something to let this excess energy out. But for a body triad, I think it is probably the most organic pathway to get into their body because we're already in it. I mean, that's we, that's our intelligence center to start with. We don't have to try to get there. We're already in it. So that yes. just, that's just my thoughts. And I think too, with an eight, sometimes they do have to get that intensity and that excess energy out. And then sometimes they need to do something opposite of that, like mm-hmm. going to their two, like a yin yoga class or a slow walk or something where that they can go into that very different energy that's not so intense Mm -hmm. and where they're having a little bit more compassion for themselves, like what, you know, Mm -hmm. in their bodies. Um, So I think a slow walk is is a way of treating yourself with kindness. I think yin yoga is very compassionate towards yourself. And I think that could build the compassion 
and the eight. Yeah. Um, and so, yeah, any, any other ideas that you guys have for the eight, nine, or one? Give a shout out to our uh, body triad. <laughs> a story came to mind of a friend who's an eight who um, was a big time runner and, but was having just kind of some medical issues, not feeling great. And she kept pushing herself to run because she should, she just should, you know, and she was in pain. It wasn't feeling great. She was sluggish. And finally, her doctor said, I would like you to just take a month off, like just walk, do yoga, just be gentle. And I talked to her at the end of the month and she said, you know what? My body is so much happier. Like it's, she's like, I don't, all those things I used to feel when I would be running aren't there. Um, so I do agree with that. I'm just, and it's so hard for the eights, but I was trying to help her um, let that knowledge and experience sink in. Like, hey, wow, I didn't do something hard and my body's happier than me pushing myself so hard. Oh, I love that. Oh, I love that. Well, um, how about if we go to my triad? What's the heart triad? Um, so let's start with the two. So I'm a two, I'm a helper on the Enneagram. And I'll never forget our episode with Dr. Shelley Prevost, uh, where she said that child's pose was a great pose for type two because it allowed them to humble themselves. And that's what they need. That's the virtue they need is humility. And I realized when she said that, that I go to child's pose a lot, like that that's a pose. And I realized for me, it is about humility, but it's also like this glory of being alone. It's like I go into my turtle shell because I need that so bad. I'm always, you know, helping as a mom, helping as a wife, helping as a therapist. Um, there's just so many aspects of who I am that I'm engaged and helping. And I don't have to help anybody. I don't have to look at anybody. I don't have to be the relational too. You know, we're always about connections to others. And it's just not time for me to be away from social media, to be away from other people, to not have any demands, but to experience. And when I say the glory of being alone, that's actually a phrase that Paul Tillich came up with. And he said that that's what solitude is. It's the glory of being alone. And if I can find that, um, not just be in child's pose, but fill that that joy in my body, it leads me to peace. It leads me to creativity. It leads me to the present moment. And it's so beautiful as a two um, because so often I'm, I'm oriented to what do other people need, but child's pose is about my own needs. So I'm not sure that everybody's like me. It may not be child's pose, but but if you are a two and you're listening, try to think about what is it that you can do in your body where you're not focused on others that takes you to that place of being alone because that's the two going to the four and that is our arrow of strength. And so I think that that's really important for a two to consider like what brings me to the glory of being alone? So there's my three or two still. And then I want to go to my, my three one. Um, any thoughts though, before we go to three, any thoughts that you guys have on the two? Jump in. Well, I've always said that, you know, who is the most relational type on the Enneagram chart? And 
you know, unfortunately relational outward with, with, with oftentimes forgetting to really um, nurture relationships with themselves and relationship, a big part of relationship is the needs, are the needs and wants met. So tapping inward for two and, and continuously ask, ask themselves, what do I want? What do I need? And then deliver that because twos deliver that for everybody else. Mm -hmm. So to, to take it inward, I think that would be a cool thing for a two. Yeah. Yeah. And also for the twos, it's so easy to answer your phone when you're on your way to yoga or you're on your way to something and then to be late and not get your time. So boundaries are really important for embodiment to actually happen. So we're talking about it's important to move into your body, but actually boundaries are going to lead you to that practice of embodiment. Otherwise, you're just going to be about connection to others and relationships are important. It's a part of spirituality, but so is embodiment. And if you don't set the boundary with others, you will not get to whatever it is, CrossFit, yoga, the walk that you wanted to do. Um, so that's really important too um, for a two. So for a three, I'm married to a three. Um, I know that he is a doer. Um, and what threes need is the art of being, uh, which is actually a book by Eric Fromm. It's a really good book, The Art of Being. And so threes have to move from the constant, you know, go, 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 let me prove myself through my achievements to let me rest, let me fill my cup, um, let me just enjoy my body. And, and they can be pretty disconnected from their body and their heart space. Um, and so to move into uh, the body, because they're thinkers first, um, even though they're in the heart triad, they actually disown their heart space. So thinking is actually their first space and then the body and then the heart, but the body will take them to their heart space. So if they can rest, my husband actually goes out on the porch sometimes at night and he'll just kind of do a shavasana on his it's actually it's actually more of a camping mat than a yoga mat but he'll just lay out there on his mat and do shavasana and that's a place that kind of fills him up um but yeah a reminder for the three is the body takes them to the heart space so being embodied is integral for the three because it takes them there what are y'all's thoughts on the three Emily, what do you think? You're married to oh. a three. Mm. How, how yes. does your hobby get into his body? Uh, he does. He, although we know he's a self-pressed three, he uh, is not as into doing all the, the practices of the things. He kind of says, okay, Emily, the Enneagram stuff is yours. So I love that idea um, of, uh, Christy, what your husband does though. Um, yeah, I think just part of it is just the slowing down. It's kind of funny because obviously being in three sevens and eights being assertive, I'm thinking also to what we talked about with eights, because part of it is just, they have that energy and the go, go, go. And so it is just that slowing down, uh, you know, it's kind of burning off some energy, but then also just resting or well, and it's not just resting, but meaning just slowing things down. Yeah. You know what I love for a three and I love it for every number. Um, and I teach it quite a bit. It is a gradual body relaxation. 
And basically what you do is you either lie down or sit up and it doesn't have to be in any particular space or any particular time. And you start focusing on parts of your body and gradually work either your way up or your way down. So I like to start with the feet and you pay attention to how the feet are feeling, not is it emotionally, but physically. What are the sensations in my feet and my legs? Um, are they pleasant, unpleasant, or am I neutral towards them? And then you work your way up to your pelvic area and your hips and your glutes. And then you work your way up through your belly and your backside and your chest. And you kind of hover there again, just with a curiosity. Okay, what am I feeling? in this part of the body, and then allowing for it to soften and relax. And then you work all the way up, throat, jaw, mouth, lips, cheeks, eyelids, forehead, all the way to the crown of the head. And not only it's very relaxing, it's uh, great for anybody who has uh, poor sleeping habits, but you get a moment to feel actually parts of your body that you may not feel throughout the day period. Your feelings are happening. You just have not been paying attention. So that practice of paying attention, I find is very relaxing. It's soothing. And it is truly gets you to embody your body yeah. because that's what you're focused on. So I love that for everybody, but I do love it for three because you can't win in it. There's no, you cannot be the most excellent body relaxation practitioner it just is. It's just the process that you take yourself through and you, then you're done. So for three, it's there's no end goal. It's just the process of itself. Mm -hmm. So anyway, that's my thought. I love that. What I love about that is it's keeping the three's brain engaged because, yes. you know, as I said, yep. slowing down, I thought, well, the problem is their brain is still thinking of their yep. to-do list. So I love that yep. that practice keeps their brain focused on something. Mm -hmm. Oh, that's a really good point. Yeah, that would be easier for them to kind of segue into the body because their their brain is active. Yeah, that's great. So let's look at our fours. Um, any thoughts on the four and how they can move into their body? I mean, I just think for a four to move the body how they want to move the body, as long as it's joyful. Uh -huh. And um, maybe even doing it by themselves so there's no chance to compare and to sort of negative self-talk and saying, oh my gosh, look at them, how good they are, and I really stink at this. But just do something that's joyful, whatever it may be, uh, and, and then maybe do it in solitude so you can really just focus on you and not really having to compare. I love that. And I think it's important to say, like, as far as the types that are the most disembodied, the most disconnected from their body, it's the four, five, and the nine. And so for the four to do anything to get in their body, to kind of get out of their feelings and all the introspection and to move in their body, I think that takes them to gratitude. Mm -hmm. Like, I think they almost have to get out into creation because they're really good at seeing beauty they also can kind of stay in their little interior world of inside the house, inside their feelings. But if they get out into the world and move in their body, I think that can be a real pathway to the joy that they need. And so I think that's important for the four, but also like, you know, even though fours, fives, nines tend to be more disembodied, um, to admit that we all are because of social media and, and this world 
that we live in where we try to stay safe, like remembering our childhoods, um, we got to go out and explore the world and ride our bikes anywhere. And there wasn't as much fear. Mm -hmm. And now we live in this world where it's a lot about safety and security, which is good in some ways, but it means that kids aren't moving in their bodies, that all of us aren't because of um, just technology. And so how do we get back into the body? It's important for all nine members, right? Mm -hmm. um, but, you know, it is important to mention to mention that there's certain types that need that even more. What are your thoughts, Emily? Something um, that, well, and I guess actually this could be for the whole feeling tribe, but especially for fours, I had, I was recently talking to someone about um, where you go when you're in stress and they were, and this was actually Linda Roberts from, we'll talk a little bit about Enneagram applications, but uh, a incredibly wise Enneagram teacher. And she was reminding me that she said, you know, where, when people, where they go when they're in stress, it's two things. It's what they experience, it's the bodily experience of it. And then it's the feelings that go with it. So Kat, when you were talking about feelings, I was thinking it would be good to, it's so funny because the word is feelings, but you could experience, it's, it could have two different definitions of yeah. what are you feeling in your body of body sensations? And then what are your emotions feeling? And um, I think sometimes when we just say the word, I was thinking of for force, because they might say, oh, I can notice my feelings, but we might also say, okay, no, but notice the body sensations as well, not just the emotions. Sure. I like that. And, you know, mindfulness is about those three parts of noticing your thoughts, noticing your feelings and emotions, and then noticing your body, that somatic attunement. And so it's good to kind of the way you differentiated that, like there is a feeling in the body and then there's a feeling in your heart space. Yeah, I like that. For our meditation today, I'd like to share a poem that I wrote, but I invite you to breathe throughout this meditative moment because this poem is all about the power of the breath. So finding your inhale and finding your exhale. Finding that ocean breath, either inhale through your nose and out through your nose or inhale through the nose and out the mouth. May my inhale and my exhale help me let go of my need for order and control. May I be with this breath to honor my feelings and my needs. May the rise and fall of my stomach allow me to rest and find myself. May the life force within me return me to a place of equanimity. May this ocean breath silent my mind and connect me to my heart and body. May this breathing body soothe and anchor me when I feel paralyzed by anxiety. May I trace the breath from my stomach to chest to ground me to this sacred moment. May this pranayama regulate me so I can soften and respond with ease. 
May this breath of fire move in me to invite me to speak up and live out my dreams. Finding your inhale. Finding your exhale. Namaste, friends.